Good evening, one and all. Welcome along. It is season five, episode 31 of the UK Dallas Cowboys podcast. Tonight I'm joined by Paul and by Rich, and I'm sure uh, we'd all like to wish you, you, the fans, the viewers, a happy 2024. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> and what, and what, what, what a way to kick off the new year, especially on... Cogbonet or New Year's Eve of the Arizona Cardinals defeating the Philadelphia Eagles. That was just simply divine. All of that smart talk saying, oh, you lost to the Cardinals, blah, 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 blah. Well, guess what, Eagles fans? You just failed to the same defeat. So you've got nothing to worry about. We've been saying this for the whole year. You are frauds. <laughs> I, I I I like that Joe was straight in with that uh, comment. Absolutely, and Joe coming in with the fire straight away. Yeah, that's what yeah. we want to see. I mean, Rich, before we even talk about our own game, talk about Sunday night. It was it was beautiful, wasn't it? Like they are they are a broken team. They're a broken fan base. They are a broken city right now, and it's you hate to see it. You, you hate to see it happen to bad people. Um, they're not bad people. They're, they're not people. They're Philly fans. But jokes aside, it's uh, it was glorious to see. I didn't think it was going to happen. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I was I, I messaged you in the group. I was like, oh, they're like 21, whatever it is, up and oh, this ain't happening then. Oh well. And then I saw Graham's post after I came out of the, came out of doing whatever it was I was doing at the time. Ah, uh, you, you like, had me to, yeah, you had me to confirm it with you, Rich. I was like, no. Oh. I was like, yes, yes, we won. Uh, so I, I mean, we, I mean, Arizona won. Like, sorry. Ooh, now it's got interesting. I know <laughs> it, it, it was just beautiful to watch, and I think it was just seeing all the the, the fans. It's like, what the hell are you doing? Like you see oh, like, that girl, the woman, yeah, yeah, the woman yeah. Like, what are you doing? Sucking, I know, bad, like you should be. It's like you're sucking, and. Sucking. and be doing. And 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 the beautiful part is now, right? We're now in the prime position to clinch the division now. Mm-hmm. Like we're now, it's all stalemate. We've now got a better record now going into yeah. the final game of the season. We need to win this game against Washington, which we'll cover on Thursday, folks. But yeah. it, it's like we still do have a job to do. But it seems like we are now in pole position. We are literally Max Verstappen right now, and it's the rest of the NFL, well, rest of the NFC East is the whole rest of the mm-hmm. N- uh, Formula One uh, driver's grid right now. That's the best way to describe it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's only for us to screw up. And that's, and, and I will say, though, that that is still a concern for me. Mm-hmm. Like, like, we can't take Washington lightly. Like, even though we absolutely dominated them on Thanksgiving, that is a given fact. But we still need to go over to their territory and still put on a performance to really clinch this division and gain the home field advantage, which is going to be massive for the Cowboys going into these playoffs. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I mean you clinch the number two seed. You're, you're definitely getting one. And if you win that, you're getting a second home game. Our home record has been so good in re- in recent times, you know, yep. and that's, you know, like I think 
for all of us at the start of the year, I think we all would have said if we could get to an NFC Championship game, we would be happy with that. Obviously, a Super Bowl would be fantastic, but an NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I totally agree with you there, Brian. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, uh, whilst I was doing up the banners, I totally forgot to even mention it. And Joe is saying it to, to us there now. Jimmy Johnson. He finally went into the ring of honour. And what a ceremony it was. It was. And and he, it had, he had to do his favourite, mo- like his most memorable motto, how about them cowboys, as his mm-hmm. ending of the speech. And that just got the crowd so rowdy. It was fantastic. You saw Emmett. Michael Orvin, the triplets, Stray Aitman there, like yeah. just there in support. And you had all the other guys, like from Randy White to Mel Renfro, et cetera, all there. Yeah. Um just just there to kind of like witness it, witness there and be there in support of um Jimmy Johnson. And he just deserves it. Like it's so long overdue. He should have been he should have been in the Ring of Order a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. Finally, Jerry's now came to his senses. And hopefully this could be the, I'm not very superstitional at all, mm-hmm. but if we end up winning the Super Bowl because of that, then it might change my uh, my impression on superstitions. I'll be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> Rich, give us your own thoughts. Yeah, pretty much exactly the same. It was it was nice to see. It was a long time coming. The, the way it was all done was brilliant. The really, really nice thing that I liked was uh, the humility you actually got from Jerry Jones, who turned around and said that basically all the the crap that's happened through the years since of them not talking as much was basically just down to him and him and his pride really standing in the way, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was quite nice, quite nice for him to say really because and, yeah, and, and, and pretty I much knew that. Yeah, and, and that's, the, that's the thing, Rich. It takes a lot for Jerry to kind of sit down and muster and yep. really take ownership on that. So I, you got to give props to Jerry Jones to actually say what what was meant, what he said. And I, I, I truly believe that. Like, and well, he said it. He said it out to millions and millions of Cowboys fans all across the world, saying the reason wasn't in the Ring of Honor is because I was stubborn. Because of our friendship and whatever not, and it's like, it's like I just can't. I, it's now got to that point now. It's like I can't deny that, and I cannot deny the fans this anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like I need to really uh, put my ego aside and really take responsibility, say sorry, and give Jimmy Johnson the recognition he truly deserves. Yep. So fair, fair play to Jamie uh, to Jimmy Jones for doing that, and yeah. congratulations to Jimmy Johnson. Absolutely fantastic. I mean, you can see you can see it there rolling through the bottom of the screen. Look, obviously, Cowboys won 20 to 19 at AT&T. 94,000 in attendance. We're now first in the NFC East. And I suppose Paul has alluded to it, Rich, but I mean, this is this was the first thing you kind of said was we've got the position now we can't go. And as Joe kind of said, look, we can't go out there and lay a duck egg in, um, in, or sorry, Tim said, we can't go and lay an egg in Washington on Saturday. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, you you got to, <clears throat> this will really be the, the final sort of test 
um well i mean it is the final test but it's it's a it is a proper test yeah. um you've got to go on the road and i know washington is who he is their the record is who they are but when you play against teams every year there's a game there's a couple of games or a couple of teams that have a really bad record that find a way to beat a really good team yep. yeah and that and was like just Yep, just what happened on Sunday there, Rich, exactly. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. The only thing I was about to say was that wasn't a really good team, because it was Philly, but they found a way to win. <laughs> a team with a superior record, let's say. Yeah. But they also beat us earlier in the season. You know, they got four yeah. wins, and two of them were against, like, playoff teams, like, team, teams that have been vying for the, the two seed, or have been the one seed for a while in the NFC. That's yeah. pretty, pretty big. And any time you play a divisional opponent, all bets are off. And we know what Washington did to us last season. So to go on the road with the struggles the Cowboys have had going into the playoffs against a divisional opponent, this is a test and it should be taken as such. The only thing I kind of remember as well is like, will Washington want to take uh, an approach where where the record is at right now, where they want to kind of just like take the loss so therefore they get a better draft position? That could be a potential... Yeah, but not gonna happen. They're, they're, especially against especially against those. Yeah, like our oldest rivalry really is ourselves and Washington. Like that was the biggest, most hated rivalry. Obviously, the other rivalry has taken over in recent times, but like going back to the sixties, seventies, and eighties, it was Washington. They hated us, and we hated them. So. They're not going to roll over and die for anyone, especially not the Dallas Cowboys. And they have a lot of draft capital already accumulated. Ron Rivera is probably coaching his last game for the Washington Commanders as well, you know. So they have every reason to try and go out and win that game. Yeah, the way way it looks like right now, so obviously the Chicago Bears have got the first-round draft pick, the first overall because of the trade and stuff like that. Um, Then it would then it would be Washington based on the points differition. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. they're currently minus one sixty one right now, and yeah. Arizona is minus one two four. So yeah. there's a good fifty points difference unless Arizona was the loss by seventy plus points or sorry fifty <laughs> plus points more than we beat Washington, then they would become. The other way about from being two, yeah. they'll be number three, etc. So I don't see yeah. that happening at all. So, um, but we still can take Washington lightly. They can still cause a threat. They still have some good players. But anyway, we are we will discuss more of this on Thursday, yeah. folks. Like for for Absolutely. the pregame show. Um, but yeah, going back to the the Lions game and stuff like that. Um, obviously Jimmy Johnson, fantastic. Um. The biggest highlight is probably it's just been hitting all the news headlines and stuff like that. This whole two-point conversion, mm-hmm. all that talk, etc. That's all it's, it's, it's always it's what everyone's been talking about. You've had Rex Ryan talking about it, um, calling the referees, they botched it, etc. It's like in some way I do agree, but at the same time, they also botched other calls in the game where if it went the correct direction, the game would have been finished. Like, i.e., Peyton Hendershot's um, flag, pretty much. Yep. 
that was not Peyton Hendershot. That was a uh, Hutchison for the Detroit Lions mm-hmm. that stuck his leg out to try and trip up Tony Pollard. So, and you can see the reaction on Hendershot. He's so confused about it. It's like, why the hell am I getting fly for? I made a, I made a legal block. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't do anything. And when they called it tripping, and and when you watch it in replay, you're like, wait, what? I'm, I'm sorry, but, but, but because of that play, it dropped his back, and we ended up do, did give Detroit giving the ball back, and it gave him a glimpse of hope, and they did put mm-hmm. the touchdown. We should have done better defensively to put the, that game away defensively mm-hmm. in that last drive. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. But they got there, they got the six points. Then the super promotional um, talking point of the two point conversion is. And we talked about it just before we went live, Brian. It's like my personal mm-hmm. opinion. Like my, my first opinion was, yeah, I kind of feel so. I kind of feel bad for Detroit at first, but now looking more into the details of what happened, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, referee did screw up, but at the same time, Detroit screwed up mm-hmm. as well. That's the way I'm seeing it because even though uh, Brad Allen, the referee, whatever his name is, he announced it publicly mm-hmm. throughout. Like through the speaker, the whole stadium, coaching staff could yeah. hear it. All the TV stations could hear it. It was like number 70 as an eligible player. At that moment, Dan Campbell should have stepped in or Jared Goff or one of the offensive linemen should have broken off formation and actually went back to the referee and said, no, it's not number 70. We said 68. They mm-hmm. didn't do that. They had every opportunity yeah. to do that. Yeah. And I mean, Rich, give us your give us your own thoughts on it because it wasn't just that play; they had two more plays to get. Yeah, the two so points. to keep it in a vacuum for a minute, I mean, I've been quite on the fence with this for a while, and I've mm-hmm. waited to see what specific people have said who I trust who know more about the sport than me, which is not hard to do. But when you, I've gone back, I've looked at the rule book, which is ridiculous in and of itself, and we'll get mm-hmm. to that. But yeah. the fact of the matter is, had they called it properly, Dallas would have lined up people against them properly. Exactly. So to say, because that's exactly what they did. They called 70 yeah. as eligible. The reason 68 was so free was because no one was, was there. Because it, it was open. Because yeah. it was called wrong, right? Yeah. So let's go with that. So to say, turn around and say, if it had been called right, it still would have worked, is ridiculous. Because mm-hmm. the next two plays were called right. They didn't work. Yeah. Now... The one thing that this has highlighted for me personally is it is another example of the referees or the staff not paying, seemingly paying enough attention or giving enough dues to what's going on in the game. There doesn't Mm -hmm. seem to be, because as much as the onus is on the player to turn around and say, I'm eligible. Okay. The referee is still there. He's got three people, see, or two people coming up to him. He's then got 70 running up to him after the fact, when he's already sort of started to turn to walk away. 
So we can negate 70 out of this, in my mind, personally. He's got two people stood in front of him. Who's reporting? Is it you or is it you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fact of the matter is exactly what Joe's just said. They designed this play. This is their their best play. They designed this play to deceive and to confuse Dallas. The actual, one of the best things I'd recommend anyone to do is to go, exactly, this is where I'm going with this, go and listen to Brian Broadness earlier today. Because he Mm -hmm. says the actual, what this rule is meant to do is to do exactly what Tim's just said, is provide clarity on who is eligible. It is meant to negate and keep a fair playing field any kind of deception. Because it's, otherwise the alternative is not fair. So the fact that you've had 70 going up and declaring as eligible for the majority of the time through the game, you then mm-hmm. had two, two people go up to the referee in one instance, 70 then running in late to be a third person and then not said anything after, because the clock was stopped. The clock didn't start until the referee has left and blew his whistle. Yeah. They had ample opportunity to turn around and say, this is wrong. 70 is not the eligible guy. 68 is. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. So when you put all of that together, to me, that says Detroit were trying. They were trying to pull a fast one. Yeah. And they got burned. You play with yeah. fire, you get burned, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. You, you, you label it however you want. Now, However, whichever was actually said, we're never really going to know. That's a fact of the matter. We're never really going to know. Because one person saying one thing, one person saying another. Here's here's one... Yeah, here's one for you, Rich, as well. When you've got the two guys coming up to you, which was Penny Sewell and Decker, I assume it was, yeah, number 68 and 58. Yeah. When you've got two guys trying to talk to you, you're going to be like, what the hell? Okay, like, someone's ineligible okay, I'm going to assume you're talking about 70. That's my, like, and especially when you're, especially when you're offensive line, you're going to be a quite a bit out of breath, like, try to talk, like, uh, ineligible, or something like that. Like, uh, Which is where like, I think the confusion like, comes in, because exactly, exactly. afterwards, and the responsibility is on the player to report themselves, because as we know, no one else, as we know as Cowboys fans, no one else can report a lineman's eligibility to report as a receiver, can they? Nope. It has to be the actual player. Yeah. Despite the fact that the player reported and then your quarterback checks with the referee, we'll put that aside. We won't go over that again. But it has yeah. to be the player. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the fact that 70 came running in after the mm-hmm. fact probably added the confusion. But when you mm-hmm. take all of this and say, okay, do you know what? Put it aside. Say they assumed 68 was the right person. Yeah. <clears throat> Still lined up wrong. There you Still go. Still a penalty. Yeah. Still gets called back. Still doesn't work. Um, or the alternative is Dallas lines up properly because they were given the right information. Let's say it works. Yeah. Okay. You've got 23 seconds, 22, 23 seconds on the clock. 
Yeah. We say, be generous and say eight, nine seconds. Let's call it 10 for the kickoff. You need 10, 15 yards, realistically. Mm-hmm. Dak needs to get 10, 15, and CD Lamb's been lighting it up all night. Yeah. 10, 15 yards, you're probably in range to say, do you know what? Give it a go. Yeah. And it's, it may work. And this was the thing like, I was covering the game for the Twitter feed on Saturday night. And one of the first things I did was look for what Brian Broadus was saying, what Mickey Spagnola was saying, and what Brad Sham were saying. You're not yeah. going to get better takes than those three guys. And the immediate thing that Brad Sham said was, even if 68 had declared himself eligible, he was lined up, he was covered, which makes him ineligible as a receiver. He has yep. to be uncovered. So it was... Two, there were two to three different penalties on the play. But it also goes back to the fact, as as we said with Paul, they still had a second attempt, and yes, Mike went offside, which brought them back to the four-yard line, and they still had a third attempt. They didn't convert. So this thing of it's all, it's one play. No, you had another chance. It wasn't as if it was wiped off. See, in a, in a way, I do have to commend Darren Campbell's aggression. In a way, like I'm, I'm a fan of it. If I'm being perfectly honest, like he yeah. wants to go for the win, doesn't want to go to overtime because if Dallas were to get the ball, then they could easily put, put the game to rest. Essentially, they could, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But so, if I was the coach, it's like I don't want to give them that opportunity. I was just go out and try and win this. So mm-hmm. I, I do, I, I still think like Dan Campbell was actually doing the right calls. Maybe over aggressive, yeah, you could call it that if mm-hmm. you want. But I liked it, like from 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 a non Cowboys point of perspective. I think he was uh, like he was a coach who wants to win. He wants to add more to the tally, like. But I don't think that would actually improve their like in a way. In any way, it wouldn't improve their situation in terms of. The seedings or anything like that or at all, so it would have been a meaningless win essentially. But I don't know; it's it's a weird yeah, one. The, the, this the, this is a weird one, and this is one that's bugged me. And I can understand everyone's view on it. Of everyone likes watching aggressive football, especially from from the offensive side of the ball. Oh, yeah, absolutely, it. it's good to see. You want to see a team go down and do all they can to try and win a game. Brilliant, love it, great to see. The bit that I has really bothered me is the fact that for a couple of things, but there's been this really weird, um, quite hypocritical dichotomy going on between the two head coaches. So you've got both of them have been highlighted by the same people in media circles Mm -hmm. from one breath to the next to say that they were aggressive. The team, the coach that actually won is being criticised for being too aggressive, even though he eventually won. And yet, the other coach who was even more aggressive is being praised for being too aggressive, even though he lost. Now, let's be realistic here. Your coach lost you the game. And I know this is blunt. I like the guy. I like the way he coaches it. I like his balls. 
yeah, we're going to go down. We're going to do this. If we score a touchdown, we're going for two. Go mm-hmm. for it. Doesn't Sorry, Rich. But... This time. Doesn't, I, I know. I know where you're going with that. I know why you're grinning. <laughs> you go down. You have three tries. Score a touchdown. Wicked. Yeah. Didn't work the first time. Okay, fair enough. Go for it again. Didn't work. Okay. Hasn't worked the first two times. Do you think it might be a good idea to kick the freaking field goal now? Take some time. Calm down. You haven't lost the game. You're going to go into overtime. you got a chance. That's a fair His, point. Yeah. In my opinion, and I'm not a player and I'm not a coach, but in my opinion, if I was a Detroit fan, I'd be pissed the hell off. Because on top of everything else that happened in that game, good and bad, mm-hmm. He lost you the game at the end by not kicking the field goal. He yep. wanted to put your team in a position to win it. And when he had an opportunity, when things weren't looking like they were going to work, he didn't take the best chance available to him and put it in overtime. Yeah. No, no, that no, you, is a you, bad decision in my book. No, that's a, that's a really good fair point. Saved him up to that point and then got kick the field goal. Let's take that's some fair, time. That's it's a, not yeah. working for whatever reason. Let's take some time. We'll get a couple of minutes. We'll go into overtime. We're going to get a bit of a break beforehand. We can simmer down, sort out what we're going to do. Because that was your best play. That was your best play that mm-hmm. you've rehearsed again and again and again. And you developed specifically for a time like this. You kept it in the bag for the most part. They've used it a couple of times before. But they've kept it in the bag for the most part. And they've refined it and tried to perfect it as much as they can. And it didn't work. Mm-hmm. So then after that, when emotions are running high and your emotions are running high as the leader of the team to not be able to take a step back and go, nah. I can, to point. A point, I can commend someone for going down and trying to do everything that they can to win the situation. Yeah. But the flip side of that argument is he didn't win, do everything he could to win because he didn't put it in overtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if he'd won the game, people would be singing his praises because he was so aggressive and he won the game, but he didn't. And no one's criticizing him for it. It's an afterthought yeah. because of everything else that happened. Mm-hmm. And it's a fair criticism in my book. Yeah. So moving on from, as we say, that final play, um, just a couple of the headlines from... Um, the last couple of days. Um, Tiger Smith has a torn plantar fascia injury, which is actually not as bad as it sounds because I believe he should still be able to play. Which is yeah. crazy. Which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, um, it's, it's a, as far as injuries go, it's a silver lining because mm-hmm. that thing called when it's, it's one of those things that it, it's better that it's completely gone than yeah. if it's partly torn because, yeah, it provides a, a certain level of instant relief. You yeah. don't have, it causes more pain and more discomfort and more issues when it's half torn or partly torn. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if it's I've, completely I've, gone, yeah. it's better. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm up, I've had a long suffering problem with plantar fasciitis and stuff like that. So, yeah. so I know fine well, like it's worse having it than I'd mm-hmm. rather have it, I'd rather have it torn or just completely gone. So that that's my personal opinion on it. I mean, there is ways you can relieve it and stuff like that, but 
if yeah. it's causing that much pain and stuff like that, just like if it's torn, then then at least your body can reset itself to kind of redraw, to readjust, and you're not going to have that as significantly down the line. So it's probably the best thing for him in terms of going forward as well. He's not going to have that as lingering or cropping back up as bad anymore. So that's always a good sign. But as long as, but especially when you've got the best medical <coughs> team in the NFL, are going to be on top of that, like doing all the scans, making sure he's getting all the treatments and stuff. I like make sure it's healing up the way it should be. He'll he'll be back better than ever. Like like given the proper recipe that after the season is over. Yeah. So as as, as a result of that, um, we've heard in the last couple of hours that Lyle Collins. And Damian Wilson are both going to come and have a cup of coffee at the um, at the star. There is potential that both of them will make the practice squad um, ahead of the weekend's game. I mean, obviously, look, Lyle Collins, it, it's not going to be a starting role. It's going to be a depth position. We yep. need depth at linebacker, you know, and you're bringing back Damian Wilson, who, who has played here before. Um. And just the other one I want to bring up, um, Joe did highlight this, and it was also another concern coming out of the game, um, is Dalvin Cook has been waived by the Jets and will be available for a playoff team. Bring them in. Bring Dalvin Cook in. Given, given the issues we had with um, the running game, in particular on, on Saturday night, the fact Rico Dowder was missing on Saturday night, we had 61 yards on the ground in that game. That's yep. not going to win a playoff game. Nope, can we, can we Can we go into that one now? Yes, while you just touched on absolutely. It? Because as much as I'm going to as I criticise Detroit, I'm going to criticise, half criticise Mike McCarthy here now, because obviously what he should have done was run the ball instead mm-hmm. of giving the ball back with so much time. Yes. Why didn't he run the ball? So I think part of that, and I think Dak has come out himself and said, the second down one was on me because he looked and looked and looked and didn't hand off to Pollard. And then obviously that's killed the clock. You've you, You've clocked it for them. And then you're on third down. So it's, it's partly that, but I do agree with you. It is still on McCarthy because it is not the first time this season we've mentioned clock management issues. Yeah. Nope. Same, similar things have happened in other games. Yeah. So why are we not running mm-hmm. the ball? Yeah. In your opinion? I, Tr- I don't trust think it. McCarthy I think, trusts I think... Yeah, I was just about to say this. I was just about to say the same thing. I think it's trust issues. I really do. I don't see Tony Pollard being the bell cow next year. I don't think he's going to get yep. a new contract or anything like that. So, and this is why I think let's try and look at likes of different options. Let's get Dalvin Cook in there, even though he he is game ready essentially. He, he might feature in the playoff game if we do sign him now, but at least he'll bring a different element, he'll bring a bit more physicality, might ease the pressure off a little bit and might actually reignite this run game a little bit. Uh, yeah. And he's more capable of doing it, but obviously it just depends on the contract or whatever, not whatever we do sign him for. But in terms of like Tony Pollard and stuff like that, yeah, it's 
trying to make Tony Pollard to run as an inside run uh, running back is just not going to work. It's 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 just physically not possible, right? He did have some success because obviously with, uh, with uh, Tyler Swift, he actually did make up a really great gap, and that was the I think that was the eighteen yard gain that he got. That was the mm-hmm. really good one, and that was the yeah. only one. But but any other time throughout the whole season, we have struggled with the inside run. We're yeah. Tony Parlor. There's nothing more but more of an outside run or stream pass option, in my opinion. Like, and I know it sounds brutal to say that, and I love Tony Pollard, I really do, but you're asking a player to be something that he's not. That's the issue, and that's where I find where that's where the trust issues now become more apparent now. Yeah, at the end of the day, you've hit the nail on the head in terms of where I was going. They don't have trust, obviously, and haven't for a while, they don't have trust in this running game. They do not trust that they can put a game on the run Mm-hmm. And have success with it, yeah. Because ultimately, that's where he was going with it. Was as I said before, Mike McCarthy's aggression. We're going to go out. We're going to win this. We need, we need one first down. We got it. Mm-hmm. Sam, or you can run the ball, still achieve that, and take the time off the clock. In a worst case scenario, if you don't do it, yeah. To not have that level of have little faith in your run game to go with the opposite, to go against the, well, at least they have 40 seconds less. Just to add something on top of that as well, in that game against Detroit, Tony Parra was targeted three times and only was a, recorded one catch for zero yards in terms of the passing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not, not good enough. Yeah. But that then falls down to, for me, the line play. Yeah. Yeah, the line play and the play calling. In fairness, because as much as you can say, well, Tony Pollard terrible, hasn't been as what he was last year. Blah 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 blah. There are other things they could have done. As we've come full circle here, because I hated, hated. I can't believe I'm going to say this. But hated in recent years when we've had half decent lines and a decent running game, and we've been able to just run the ball down the middle. And we've been in a situation and we've gone and done a jet sweep and it's not worked. But this yeah. year, jet sweeps have worked. Yeah. They've really worked. Mm-hmm. So why are we not doing it? Why are we not having designed run plays for Dak? Yeah. It's a good question, Rich. That's, that's, the, the, now, that side of it, for me, is the gamble of it because you don't want to be putting your running back, uh, your quarterback necessary in that kind of situation. Is the game worth the risk? No. Mm-hmm. And another ways, which, for me personally, and other ways, there could be there could be an answer to that again, and it's something that we've both mentioned early on in the season. Is not showing mm. your card, not showing your full deck of cards yet. That could yeah. be one of the re- that could be one of the reasons. There could be the same plays for, like we might see something different against Washington. We might see something against whoever we play in the, the, the divisional round game for the for the playoffs or vice versa. Like depends how far we go. There'll be, there's going to be something that we've never seen before, guaranteed. Yeah. And I think kind of, if you, if you look at um, potentially bringing in Dalvin Cook, I mean, he gives you that additional threat. As you guys say, he's more that bell cow, that power back that we have been missing all season. Um, 
like I think uh, if I flip back to 2018, I think it was the Rams brought in CJ Henderson a couple of games before the end of the season, and he ran for nearly 200 yards against us in the playoffs. You know, like maybe they're looking for something like that, some that kind of an impact. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he, I don't consider him a power running back. He's mm-hmm. a bit further along the line. Yeah. Or a bit, a little bit further up the. Um, oh, I can't think of the word. Further along, you got like yeah, speed power. Yeah, yeah, he's a yeah. bit further up, but I yeah. wouldn't consider him a power or between the tackle kind of guy. He can finish runs with a bit more power. Yeah, he can fall forward a bit more. He can sidestep quite well. He used to be able to sidestep quite well, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm all for bringing him in to see, but yeah. uh, do I think it's a missing piece? No. Yeah. If I'm honest, and I'm just going to pull up Lebarski's comment here because this was this was the other issue for me in the run mm-hmm. game, and he's saying here our line has no push. They either stand up and stay or get pushed back. They are rarely yep. moving the defense forward. Yep. And the number of times on Saturday night I saw Terrence Steele and Tyler Biadish getting absolutely destroyed in the running game. Like Aiden Hutchison had a field day against both of them. He did. This is why I'm quietly... Fee sacks and four tackles for loss from Hutchison. Yeah, this is why I'm quietly happy with Lyle coming back in the building because I don't think he's any worse than what you've got now, and he's sure shooting better on the aggression standpoint. Which is where oh, I think oh, this, I, without a shout Collins is more aggressive. So, 100%. My only concern with Collins is he is still a bit of a flag in terms of he, he gains more. I think he's probably on par in terms of gaining penalties since Terrence Steele is right now, but then you're looking to bring. So I know, the, I know, I know. <laughs> what's the bad side of that? He's coming to join the most penalised team in the league. That's true. That's very so true, Rich. He's and about that's the that. same as Terence Steele, but he's more aggressive. That's true. Okay, I'm, I'm done with that. I'm I, I'm going to throw this to you guys. It's just it's just something that's kind of dawned on me. Like, do you think is this possibly McCarthy going back to what he was considering before he cut Lyle Collins? in that they're going to keep Lyle, they'll bring back Lyle, play him at right tackle, and move Steele into left guard if Tyler is injured. No. Or maybe, as Rich would want, Lyle goes to left guard if Tyler is down. I I, I would rather prefer Collins at left guard because that would definitely open up a good separation gap in the inside for sure. Like, And let's not forget, like, me personally, I thought I preferred Collins at guard when he started off for the Cowboys yeah. before he moved to right tackle. I thought he was an absolute beast at left guard, but mm-hmm. we'll just need to wait and see and see what happens. Like you said, he'll likely get sent to the practice squad. He's going to be uh, in there for depth. We don't expect him to yeah. be at like drop in and play no. straight off the bat. So um, this is this is a depth signing. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, this 100%. is so that they don't have to just in case they have someone behind TJ Bass 
in case he has to play for Tyler Smith. Because at the mm-hmm. minute, as much as they're expecting him, he should be able to play. There's a chance. And yeah. if you've got to play Tyler Bass or TJ Bass constantly, who's behind him? It yeah. just goes back it goes back to the same with Bill Belichick always says next man up. Yeah. Who's the next man up? That's Do you it. have any faith in them? No. Okay. Hi, Lyle. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's insane. And he both uh, positions here. Yep, that's true. Yeah. Just to kind of going back a bit, the other player that we're talking to right now, Damian Wilson, that I'm very happy about. Yeah, if I'm being honest, that's something we do need. We do, we do need that extra depth in linebacker right now because we are very, very thin at it right now. Like obviously, we overshot out for the season. LVE's out. Um, we're, we're using safeties to come um, and play as linebacker, like Marquise Bell and stuff like that. So yeah. for Brennan and Wilson to bring his knowledge, he knows Dallas. He's He played, what was it, Kansas he played with? Kansas, yeah. Yeah, and won the, won the, won the Super, Super Bowl with Kansas. Yeah, won, yeah, won the Super Bowl with Kansas. So he's bringing a different, he's bringing more knowledge to the squad as well. So him being on top of that, that I'm very happy about. So, if we do manage to bring Damian Wilson back into the fold, then great. I'd be happy with that. Because that, yeah. that to me, that's a very uh, strategic, uh, stra- I can't even say it, strategic. Uh, strategic. Acqu- yes, <laughs> thank you, Rich. Acquisition to the team. Because you bring someone yeah. that knows, the, you know someone that knows the team, yeah. knows what Dallas is all about, knows what it takes. And, on top of that, he's bringing in new knowledge from what he's learned from Kansas City. He, yes, he's in his later years, Damien Wilson, but yeah. he can still probably play and still play mm-hmm. and still contribute to this team. So I'm I'm more than happy with that. Yeah. Um, Joe's just commented there and he's saying right now Wilson would be better than the linebackers we have now, not counting Parsons. And I think that's right something now he's we a do linebacker have. that's not called yeah. Parsons. Like that is something we do have to kind of talk about is the impact Mike Parsons had on Saturday night playing as a linebacker because he, he had to play as a linebacker for Saturday night. And did. it did it it gave him that freedom again to 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 be off the ball, to move with the ball. Like obviously that's going to be Demarvey on Overshone's role next season when he comes back from, from his injury in that kind of spy role. But I mean, I, th- I think we're kind of, you know, not giving Damone Clark the credit he deserves this season. Oh, absolutely. You know, Damone Clark's been one of our best players in terms of tackles. I think he's yeah. leading the team in tackles right now. He's yeah. had a great season, but it would be good if we had some extra bodies that could actually like help contribute as much. Because yeah. like, yeah. Don't get me wrong, Marquise Bell's doing a great job filling yeah. in the gap. But yeah. it's just... Who's going to be in place to in terms of rotate? Because you can't have these guys in yeah. there for every single play. They're going to burn themselves out, and that seems to be what seems to be an issue right now. Especially uh, from linebacker to the secondary, it's like we've got this gap where it seems it could be tiredness, it could be lack of concentration. That's could be the first we're overusing these players, and we don't have the depth to rotate these players in in and out. Yeah, yeah, that, that, could, that, could, yeah. that, could, that could that could be the problem. Yeah, I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, you've you've been. It, I I like the way they tackled the run game from a defensive standpoint. Much better, time. much better than last I, week. One hundred percent. I much better. Yeah, 
bigger guys up front and moving Parsons back, I think, was the better way to do it. Mm-hmm. When you're a, when you're in a proper full on, you just want to put max pressure and, and you want to get Michael Parsons home. By all means, line him up on end. But if yeah. you're facing the run or a run heavy team, you, you you've got to do it this way. And um, yeah, part of where the, the the Cowboys came undone at the end with allowing Detroit to go down and score the touchdown in the first place was by defending the sidelines. But yeah. because they don't have this size and the tackling ability midfield, they're allowing a lot of chunk plays. Because yeah. if you defend the sidelines to keep the clock running when they don't have timeouts, you're forcing everything back inside. So you have to be able to keep up and run and tackle with what's happening. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have the personnel to necessarily do that, yeah, you're going to have a bad time. That's where you need people like this coming in to do this. And this is where Overshone is missed. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm going to pull up. Tim did send this question in a good 20 minutes ago and I wasn't ignoring it, Tim. I just wanted to wait till we kind of he got was, to that, the flow, the flow of it. He says on the defensive side, it does now seem that NFL seem to blatantly hold on Micah without calls and now it's become an actual game plan. And I suppose <laughs> for me... You've got to question it. Really, oh, yeah, but let's be honest. But having him playing back at linebacker, you're allowing him that extra couple of yards to to bust through the line, and guys are not going to be able to get the hands on him that quick Mm -hmm. if he's coming from linebacker. Yeah, and this is where I think, yeah, and this is where I think like having that Von Miller type of style role where you can play as linebacker and defensive end works more best for microprocessors than rather than being a pure defensive end. Mm-hmm. So, like, but just going back to what the, about the referees and stuff like that, it's not just happened to us. Let's be honest. It's happened to nearly every team in the NFL. The referee standard this year has been abysmal. Like, mm. there's the horse, horse collar on Josh Allen against the Eagles, which was absolutely shocking. Um, there's the ones that's been happening to us. Um, there's been some really bad calls against the Ravens as well. Like even though yeah. they're on fire right now, but there's been some really, really, really bad uh, like decision making by the referees, which should have been on the opposite side of the ball. So, but we're just not taking it for granted. It's just happening to us. It's happening to everyone. So we just need to kind of make sure that we're being clear about. Oh, but yeah. but yeah, but but in terms of us though, yeah, like. Even though we are the most one of, one of the most penalized teams in the NFL, some of them I do agree with, some of them I don't. Yeah. But the ones that is like it's it's the ones that's not been called for, it should be going for us is the problem. Like yeah, the there's a the, lot the of mess. You have someone like Micah Parsons. Everyone knows how disruptive he is. Everyone knows how good he is. Everyone's seen the ridiculous nature with how quick he is. Are we seriously going to say, or is the NFL officiating crews seriously saying that there's not going to be one every now and again that Mm -hmm. is seen? Because I can accept human nature, they're not always seen. I've done officiating for a different sport. I can accept that. It's human nature. But at the end of the day, you are meant to pursue that perfection. I can accept that there is a buffer the problem is that that buffer just seems to be never ending because he just hasn't had one in a ridiculously long time. There hasn't even been a flag thrown and picked up 
Like it's just straight up not being called even when it's glaring. And like I think I can't remember it was you, Brian, or Graham when um they said, Oh, funnily enough, uh, the tripping call with Hendershot, um, that wasn't replayed on the Jumbotron yeah. or on TV. It was never replayed. Um, make of that what you will when nearly everything gets replayed. But there we go. Yeah. It's I just, mean, yeah. Let, let's not let's not divulge it again into referees yeah. will, crap, I, but you know. I will. I will say though, because after hearing some information, I was on with uh, our good friend Nick's on his um, Twitter um, space and stuff like that, and uh, someone's telling uh, someone on that Twitter space was saying, uh, "Now the NFL officiating are quite understaffed right now. They're very understaffed in terms of the lack of numbers in terms of personnel under their officiating. So that's a problem in itself." How can we improve that? Like, and hear me out on this one, guys. You know how, and I know how controversial VAR is and football, our football is right now, but shouldn't there be like a a TV booth official to actually say, no, go back (coughs) and review that. You've missed something here. Shouldn't there be... I thought that was the whole point of um, New York. That's the whole point. They should... Well, if that's a, well, clearly New York's New York's not doing their job right as well. Then, so there is a big problem with this, and whether it's lack of experience, because these guys are not full time referees, even though mm-hmm. that the salary is quite cushy. Like I think it's like yeah. two hundred thousand dollars or something. Like that. I believe the salary is for being a, re- a part time play- referee for the NFL. I mean, that's actually quite. That's love. That's a lovely job to have, you know. But but yeah. at the same time. But, but just the words, the words you just used. Sorry, Paul, but the words you just used. Part-time referee. I know. That's not a full-time job. Yeah. yeah. And it's no. not a professional role. It's no, it's not. It's part-time. The only one in the How? big four leagues, the only one in the big four leagues in America that does not have full-time professional referees. Take it out outside of the US. Rugby. Yeah. Football. Yeah. Push your freaking darts, for God's sake. <laughs> Not sure about that, but Yeah. Come well, on. Uh, it's been a bit dark. You've got that sixteen year old kid playing right now. I don't even know what scores. He's won. Is it, is it for, is, did he win? Oh yeah. my god. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Let yeah. us through. Yeah. A little, little, well, but yeah, that's um, I, that, I, I, I can't believe it. I can't believe that this sport, with how much money is in it, basically, mm-hmm. what's the reason? Give me a valid reason, because at the minute yeah. it just looks like you can't be bothered. It's I, I don't know, mate. I really honestly don't know. You would think for two hundred thousand dollars a year, which is a great salary, mm-hmm. a fantastic salary, like yeah. Like unless you're living in California, mind you, let's be honest. Mm. Um, but that is definitely a good sustainable type of living wage for a part. Like even especially if that was a part time job. Like like yeah. most full time jobs don't even pay that. Most, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah. And on top of that, you've got other sports. Like I, I'm not too sure what the NBA is. I could be wrong here. They could be full time. But there is other sports in like MLS and stuff like that. They're, I think they're part time as well. 
but mm-hmm. how can an important role of a football game be given to some of that is given as part-time is beyond me because you've got these professional athletes earning millions generating millions in terms of the mm-hmm. sports franchises creating a like global investment to the overall NFL, but the most important people on that field is just the referees and their part time. I'm sorry, but that is just crazy to me. Yeah. yeah, and the but the, this is this is the flip thing. And as I said earlier on, when we started off, I went back and looked at the rule for uh, for declaring this. And I know I've said to you guys in the chat, I was amazed with what I read. Um, yeah. Because when you actually read it, you read the rule, you go in it, go in the right section, is it article or section five, whatever it is. I think it's section five, article one, three. Yeah. Um, but you can find it easily. It's linked on a lot of stories right now. Um, or even just copy and pasted the text of it. But when you read it in its full extent, it's one long sentence that basically says any ineligible player can report as eligible and any eligible player can report or can perform as ineligible as long as he reports to the referee. Yeah. Now that to me suggests both players should be reporting, but you only ever hear the ineligible player is reporting as eligible. You don't hear the flip, which to be fair, in the spirit of the rule, to assuage any kind of uncertainty, surely that should be getting announced as well. And surely Mm -hmm. that person, the owner should also be on that person to go up and report to the official as well. But you never really see or hear of it unless I miss it, which is entirely possible. But that, to me, is either something that just doesn't happen, even though it's in the rules, mm-hmm. or it's not done because everyone's just agreed that this is the done way. And it's ambiguous. Yeah. yeah totally. Which ambiguity in a contract has no place. So yeah. your best case scenario is everyone's just agreed amongst themselves generally how we're going to do this. So we're not actually following the rule book. So is it any real wonder why there's so much heat on officials week in and week out about decisions and no calls and all the rest of it when they can't seem to follow the actual literature of the law? As as you put it. I've got more information in regards to the referees here. So... Uh, based on the CBAs and examination, the NFL officials' average salary is at around two hundred and five thousand dollars for the season heading into two thousand and twenty-three. The current ones running through from May thirty-first, two thousand twenty-six. So, league officials will be appear to look into that current agreement for the foreseeable future. So, nothing's going to change till the next CBA, essentially. Yeah. So that's a concern. For the next three years, yeah. or two, yeah. or three seasons, sorry. Yeah, and here's the thing: as Tim has has said, how can the NFL admit the lines were in the wrong but still punish the referee? 
And this is the thing, they haven't punished the referee. They've actually given the referee a prime time game in this weekend slate. You know? Who's he refereeing this? So, Who's he refereeing? I can't remember which game it's we the saw, Ravens. Ravens. I thought, yeah, Ravens that, that's. Yeah. The yeah, next Saturday night game, basically. Yeah. Hmm. You know, there go, go, go figure. But look, but, yeah, we're, ne- we're nearly it, an hour yeah. into the show and we haven't really yet mentioned probably one of the biggest points in Saturday night's game. C.D. Lamb broke all of the receiving records wow. for both catches and yards in a season. Wow. I mean, Rich, you and I have been talking about this Um recently about you know trying to construct the roster for 2024 and with every game the price tag on on cd lamb is now going up yeah it's um it's shaping up to be a fun one isn't it Um, yeah no i am not looking forward to this off season gentlemen i'll be honest (laughs) i'm not i'm glad it's someone else's headache put it that way yeah Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I've been trying to write this article for a month, Paul, and I like every time we play a game, I'm going, I have to scrap it. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> and, and as Tim has said here, he re- he was rewarded. For <laughs> that, that, that 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 was pretty funny. To be fair, that was pretty. Didn't funny. waste any time. That was the, the caption was the best yeah. bit. It was just like, didn't waste any time, huh? Yeah, but <laughs> I, 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 I suppose. The, the kind of the question coming out of this is, you know, like, like the knock on CD was he's not a possession receiver. He doesn't catch you the 10 or 12 catches a game. The players get in the off season. He doesn't get, he doesn't get you that 14, 15, 1600 yards. I mean, outside of Tyreek Hill, CD Lamb is the second best wide receiver in the game. Right. Absolutely. now. Absolutely, and in that game, in this game alone, it was what thirteen recorded catches, two hundred twenty-seven yards, averaging 17.5 yards per catch. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, right? every looked... single third down that needed to be done, and they passed the ball. Went to CD. Yeah, but yeah. Dak threw the ball thirty-seven times. Seventeen of them were tar- targeting CD. Like, don't get me mm-hmm. wrong; it's it's that game. He's got the opportunity to, to, to do the yards and the receiving and all the rest of it. They're yeah. going to feed him, fine. But this isn't a game where how he's performed is massively out of character compared to the rest of it. That's the point. Mm-hmm. This has been fairly consistent. The whole season, yes, yeah, agreed. He's he's going places. It's it's you just hope it's not just for this season. Yeah, and 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 we all know CD Lamb can do special things as well. Like take the Minnesota game last year, or was it the, mm-hmm. the one two years before, uh, where he he did that ridiculous one had the catch in the end zone in mm-hmm. Minnesota. Yeah. That 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 yeah. was just unbelievable. So we all know CD Lamb is a special breed. We do know that. And finally, we're getting to see this, and you just said it perfectly, Rich, it's that consistency. Like, yeah. there was 
times where previous seasons you have a great game and you'd be non-existent for two or three games and it will pop back up again where cd has actually been very reliant like don't get me wrong there was a wee tough part at, at the middle part of the season like mm-hmm. uh, like i.e the san francisco game arizona game he was pretty much non-existent type of thing yeah right and his frustrations grew but we managed to overcome that and he's just now flourishing right now but the problem i have right now is not with cd lamb it's the fact that when cd lamb is not actually on the field our other wide receivers just can't seem to like step it up they step mm-hmm. up when cd is actually on the other side yeah. of the field like into uh, when he's on the field the opposite side like if you're like cd may be lined up on the left and yeah. you've got like some cooks on the right <sighs> That's going to create much better separation for those other right receivers. But until, when CD Lamb's actually out on the sideline, it seems to be more yeah. of a struggle. That's a weak concern I do have. So yeah. let me put it to you this way. Would you rather have, because the past past few years, right, you've had situations where you've had a receiving call. We had the three, the top three there that were all 1A, 1B with him, Amari, and um, Gallup. Gallup, thank you. Would you rather have that? Because when one of them came out or one of them wasn't having a great game, the other guys were stepping up. Would you rather have that or would you rather have this given the position you're in now, given everything, really? The position that this team is in right now and the way this season has gone and the way Dak's playing, what would you prefer? That's a great question, Rich. If it was me, I would still prefer to have a Mary Cooper in the squad because he knows how to create separation better than mm. most guys. I would say he creates better separation than CD still. Like, yeah. I would I would still have yeah. him in this team. I would still would. But then if you uh, have a Mary Cooper, does CD Lamb perform this way? Because CD Lamb wasn't really given the opportunity to be this number one wide receiver until mm-hmm. he was gone. That's a fair point. Yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I, I think it's six and a half, a do- six and a half a dozen, Rich. To be honest, yeah. I think if you had the best of both, so basically, would you prefer this? Season? My question is, would you prefer this season or the other season? And I would prefer this season. Oh yeah, I still prefer this the way season. Dak is playing. If you yes. were able to yeah. have the cake and eat it, and you had that call with this Dak, yeah, that's a that's a thing. But then you've yeah. got to be fair and say, look. Brandon Cooks is no slouch. No. Yeah. They keep airing every, I swear, it's every like third play of the game. Every first drive, he's gone. He's on a go route and the ball's out and it's just missing. And it's just missing. And it's just Mm -hmm. missing. Yeah. And on that, I, I, I can't remember. It was one of the late drives. I can't remember which one it was. It was, in fact, yeah, it was that third down before when they were passing the ball. The second yeah. one was Dak's fault. And he had the incomplete, and he had, I think it was Ferguson underneath. Yeah. But he had Tolbert up all the way up there. Yeah. And it was it was said on one of one of the Cowboys.com shows earlier on, I think I think it was Brian Broadus, he said, If that was C D Lamb, I bet you he throws that ball. And I agree with him. Yeah. If C D Lamb was up there instead of Tolbert, the ball's going up there. It's not going there, mm. and it's not going down here. It's going up there because he trusts him, because he has that rapport with him. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. But... At some point, those go routes 
it's going to connect. Yeah. Whether it's Cooks or Tolbert or both, it's going to connect. And we oh. had earlier on in the season from jet sweeps and a couple of go routes again, one of them being a touchdown mm-hmm. from number nine. We yeah. haven't seen that in a long time. If you want to talk about keeping stuff in the bag and not doing specific mm. things for a while, that's one I think they're being sneaky with. They yeah. know they can do that, and they've not done it for a while. They had proof of concept earlier on in the season. They've not done it in a very, very long time. That's one I think they could be keeping. Yeah. But what's what's concerning to me, Rich, and Paul, you can, you can jump in on this one as well. 37 targets in that game on Saturday night. Michael Gallup had no targets. And that's a concern. He's he's your highest paid wide receiver, and they're not even looking for him anymore. I could see a trade happening, to be honest. It would actually like that could be one of the things we could be talking about in this off season, and mm-hmm. it could actually help us with the cap. Yeah, he, he was he was schemed out. Yeah, a couple of weeks yeah. into the season, we we could yeah. it was being talked about. You can see yeah. what's happening. He did have a, a couple of games ago. Yeah, pulled help pull it out for us. Yeah, but by and large, yeah. But he's mm. not being. He's not in at, at the minute right now. Unfortunately, he's not in the right place. Yeah, and it's, it's it pain. seems it seems to be in Rich. You mentioned his name earlier. Is Jalen Talbert is that boundary guy now? You know, it's if if they're going to throw a deep boundary ball, it seems to be going to Talbert. Rather than anyone, well, this, I this is say, the thing they 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 finally realise that they need speed, mm. and Michael Gallup is is he's not an afterburner guy. He's a tough yeah. receiver, and you put yeah. up a, a contested ball, and he'll fight for it. But he ain't going to go yeah. get those other balls. He ain't going to be. He, he, there's a reason you brought in Brandon Cooks, and there's a yeah. reason you went and got Tolbert. And there's a reason you started using, as I said earlier, number nine, finally, properly as a mm-hmm. wide receiver, where he's actually listed on the freaking depth yeah. chart, and you've utilized him, and you've had the proof yeah. of concept, and you know it works. Yeah. They seem to be happy with their core of fighting guys fighting for the ball. Yeah. C.D. Lamb, because he just seems to do quite a lot of it. Dick yeah. Ferguson, Schoonmaker. They seem to be mm-hmm. happy with that. In my mind, yeah, yeah, and especially Ferguson, yeah, like Lebarski has kind of joined in on this one. He said, "Any GM the trades for Gallup is getting fired that day. I don't think it's happening." And Elizabeth has said, "Maybe they're saving him for the playoffs, but he'll definitely be gotten rid of if he doesn't show the coach something during the playoffs." That's a fair point. I mean, the whole thing with like maybe trading Gallup away, it really depends what they're willing to trade for. Like if I was the other GM, obviously it'd be a couple of low end draft picks. And let's be honest, we've had a lot of success with our low end draft picks in recent mm-hmm. years. So I would take that in a heartbeat. If it, anything, it reduces the salary cap yeah. down and actually would give us more options. Get extra offensive linemen and a steal or extra linebackers at the, at the late rounds. I'm all for yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and. Look, we're an hour and ten minutes in, and we still haven't really mentioned Dak. I mean, 
when the game was on the line on Saturday night, when it was there to be won, Dak Prescott did what he had to. He drove the, the team down the field, won the game, had the game-winning drive. And, you know, like, Rich, I think you said it earlier um, about Lamar being a minus 20,000 uh, to win the MVP, and Dak was second favourite at plus 180. You know, I mean, I think, was it you said that, you this know, Shirley Devotion was a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. You know, it's, so. um, yeah, it's, I just, I, it's a hard one. That That's a hard one, but I, I still think it's, call me biased, I still think it's Dak. Yeah. Personally, and I may well be biased, but, yeah. I think it's him. When you take okay. everything around in terms of the spirit of the MVP award, I think it's that. Yeah. Yeah. And it should be given to a quarterback and not a running back. What? Well, that's no dig <laughs> that's, that's no, that's no to Lamar Jackson, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Um, look, I suppose it's about time we moved over and gave the defence a bit of love because... We did. We did, we were kind of critical of them last week and saying, you know, they they haven't had a good stretch um, away from home in the Bills game, in the Dolphins game. They really showed up, and the one player that showed out more than anyone on Saturday night for me, anyway, was Demarcus Lawrence. He yes, and, and the run, and the big game. Yep, especially in the run. Yeah. The last few games, people have started finally. In, in general, outside of the building, have started talking more about Demarcus Lawrence, and I'm all for it. Yeah, all for it. He does far too much for far too little real recognition on this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if, if if as the numbers are rolling through the screen, there you'll see five tackles, two tackles for a loss, pass defended, a quarterback hit. I mean, Goff could do nothing. And Gibbs was being contained by Demarcus Lawrence. Um, Donovan Wilson, 11 tackles with an interception. Jordan Lewis, again, I think he had six tackles, two passes defended and interception. I mean, guy, different guys are stepping up each week. And it's it's the more experienced guys now are starting to come to the fore, which is what you want coming into the playoffs. Absolutely. When you really do need them at the most. I totally agree with yeah. you, Brian. 100%. Jordan Lewis. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. Who would have thought? Yeah. Credits where it's due. People we've yeah. criticised in the past. Yeah. He had a great game. He had a great game. On right. screen. <laughs> he read that perfectly. Yeah. Like, seriously. He saw everything and just knew it and just put himself in position and made the catch. Yeah, it was, a, it was unbelievable. I saw Mike yeah. uh, like catch it because I didn't see the game, so I I caught all the the chat the next morning, and the one that stood out to me was like was Mike in like interception on a screen pass, lol. Like, <laughs> and he's right. It's like, yeah, like that never happens. That really ever happens because it's a way that did it. Hey, Lou. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like yeah. that one, Labaski. I was at that game, and Jordan Lewis did have an absolute storm of a game against the Saints back in 2021. Yeah, I remember. Starting to starting to come round. Yeah, really come round. And potentially, like, 
as as we said, it was the thing that, that that was missing from that Bills and Dolphins games was turnovers and big plays and sacks. And I mean, again, um, Darren Armstrong had a yeah, sack during was, the game. Yeah. It was a bit of a gang tackle in the end, but I mean, you know, Darren's again, he's doing he's doing well without being spectacular. And the numbers yeah. are uh, very positive. I, I will say though, like I don't really care for much about the sacks, but the pressures were the most vital point because mm. that's what really got to Jared Goff more than anything. Yeah. And that's where you were seeing the mistakes, and that's where it got really counterbalanced by our secondary. So like the pressures we we were right up there. We were giving it really giving it to arguably one of the best offensive lines in the league right now. Because yeah. you've got Penny Sewell, you've got Glasgow, Decker, um kind of mind the other guys' names, but yeah. uh, but essentially they've been a very consistent offensive line. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah. In, in fairness, we've we we got to give it to them because I don't think like, I could be wrong here. I don't have the stats on me right now, but I think Jared Rob might be one of the top 10 QBs that is least sacked, I believe. Yeah, he is. So, so yeah. that, that's all down to the... It's really they've, down to the offensive line. They've been a line. consistently good line yeah. Yeah. all year, yeah. all season yeah. long. They've been consistently good, and they still were the, the other night. They yeah. still were the other night. The, the one thing that I found that is really that I found quite interesting and I've mm-hmm. noticed over the past few games, definitely since Thanksgiving or the few games after that, is how low Deron Bland is showing up on he got, he on got his statistics. Times. Mm-hmm. But, but mm. yeah. how little is he being targeted now? Oh yeah, very, yeah. Very. When he is being targeted, like with the other night, yeah, it's basically people either have that much faith in their wide receivers because the wide receivers are that good, and that's fair enough. Yeah. So I don't think Deron Bland. Anyone can hold their hand up and say Deron Bland is better than every wide receiver in this league. Not fair, yeah. Not realistic. Yeah. He's damn good. But he's getting targeted a lot less, and when he is, it's either because the receiver is just that good or it's situations where they think he's out, they think they got him, they've designed something up, they just scoped something up really, really well or he yeah. hasn't got safety help like the other night over the top, so he can't yeah. do what he wants to do. Yeah. He's playing, he's being avoided finally. Yeah. In my opinion, I think teams are avoiding him, and they're avoiding him by running the ball as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Elizabeth has just kind of commented there. She said, um, Fowler has really stepped up. Is that because Hankins wasn't playing? And I suppose, Paul, I'll give that one to you. And I mean, I don't think it really impacts with Hankins there. Like, I yeah. think. If I'm being perfect, I mean, Fowler did bring a different dimension, yeah, but not to the yeah. interior, no. Like, yeah. if anything, like, I, I thought Osa actually had a really good, decent game. I thought, like, like we didn't hear yeah. too much about our interiors, which is a good thing. There wasn't, yeah. a, again, our problem is not the inside run. Uh, it's the outside run that seems to be our biggest weakness in terms of that. But we managed to kind of, well, even though that the Lions did 
gain 125 yards in total rush, yes. But our That's biggest a- problem in terms of Hmm? Like 125 yards is acceptable. It's, it's acceptable, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, but but I think our still our, our biggest weakness in terms of our run defense is on the outside, especially yeah. on the weak side, especially yeah. in the weak. Um, uh, very quick, I don't know if you've seen in the group chat, Lyle Collins is signing to the practice squad. Yeah. Hey, that's good news. There we go. Um, Ian Rappaport and Tom Palacero. Yeah, absolutely. Have they have they mentioned who's cut being cut or or do we have space? Lyle Collins is signing to the Cowboys practice squad per me and Tom Palacero back where it all started. That's as yeah. much as I can yeah. see right now. The but right. as Craig said, he'd be signing to the practice squad after today, so it won't be they won't have to announce anyone yet. Yeah. 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 Sometimes you do get them together, and sometimes, as you say, it's it's later in the day that it gets announced. So, look, that's as Amanda has has kind of pointed out there. Lyle has signed. Um, just going back to Lebarski here, he was saying that the sorry the Fowler, um, Fowler tackle for a loss was insane. He was there before oh, yeah, the back even got the ball. You know, I mean, like. Obviously, we can't put up every single staff for the defensive side of the ball because it would take a ream of paper and too much time for me to do it every show. But, I mean, Paul, you you mentioned also Diggy Zua. Fowler had a good one as well. And, I mean, that's yep. that's the thing you want from your, your defensive line rotation is the guys are doing something when they're coming in, that they're impacting the aim. Demar or not Demarcus, but Darren's Armstrong doesn't play that many snaps. It's maybe forty percent of the snaps, but yet he's probably second in sacks. I would say, mm-hmm. right? You know, and it's it's doing something when you're in and playing. Um, but the other the other thing Labarski is saying here, and look, this is this this is as clear as the nose on your face. This defense yeah. has to get turnovers to operate as designed. That's the formula. That's the formula to pair with this offense. And I think that look, that's that's the way McCarthy wants to play. He wants to get a lead. He wants to build a lead, and then you're allowing the defensive guys to um, pin their ears back and go after a quarterback. Yeah, and it's. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's hard to do when you play against teams that are. There's been a bit of a drought recently, but it's hard to do when a team is running the ball down your throat and you can't do a thing about it, in yeah. in fairness. But there's been a drought recently, but then you've just had two there. So hopefully, touch wood, yeah. we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens moving forward. Yeah. yeah. But before we do end off, guys, I've got a wee special image I want to show to everyone on screen. And I hope uh, this is you guys... Yeah, <laughs> I know what this is. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw it in there. I had to throw it in there, guys. And for everyone who's watching right now, so for our actual listeners, it's basically an eagle in the trash with a number one frauds jersey. There we go. <laughs> I I thought you were going to show the other picture, Paul. Oh yeah, my yeah, my tw- yes. Twitter one, the one you yeah, sent us on. all from. Uh, yeah, from give me one. Yeah, 
Yeah, give me one more moment. I'll get that shed right now. Hold on yeah. a minute. But Lebarski is kind of backing you up on this, Rich. He says, that's exactly my fear for the playoffs. If a team plays us yeah. like the Bills did, we don't stand a chance. And effectively, that is what you're going to have with the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, that's that's one of my two fears. The the, the two fears I have. One is that, but mm-hmm. we'll we'll see how we go. Now they seem to have clicked. Oh, we need to put the big guys up front and all the rest of it. We'll yeah. we'll see how it goes. Um, it is what it is. We were we come into the season knowing that the run defense was still going to be a bit suspect. It was still how teams were going to target us. Yeah, I can I can take that. What I can't take. And what really winds me up is, even though I've seen it coming, and I've been preaching about it for a long time, is the is is the lack of running game. Is the cow this Cowboys team's inability to close out, put a game on their back, and mm-hmm. close out a close game. They are inconsistent at best, and that's because of the run game. And as we said earlier, because yeah. they don't have seemingly don't have the faith in the run game to do that. So they rely on Dak, mm-hmm. MVP Dak, to go yeah. and help put it out of reach as quickly as possible. Yeah. So they haven't got to rely on the run game. But you can't pull away and do that from every team in this league. Sooner or later, mm-hmm. and as we've already seen and going forward, you're probably going to have to do that. You're going to have to try and put the game on your offense's back on the running side of the ball to try and close it out, at least minimize the time that they get, especially when on the defensive side, as we said, you're hurting and you're trying to funnel everything in because you're defending the sidelines and you haven't got the people in the middle that necessarily can do that to make those stops. Mm -hmm. With that much time on the clock, they should have just kept doing what they were doing. Really? Yeah. That would have been the better way to do it. Yeah. But... For sure. Right, Paul, guys, have you got that picture? I do indeed, guys. So, as as we know, it was a nice uh, end to 2023. And what way to celebrate is by having some Eagles tears. Or, yes. isn't, that just, isn't that just a beautiful bottle of champagne? It's, it's beautiful. It is. That'll Absolutely be, beautiful. That'll be nicer when it's, um, when it's aged. No. Oh yeah, it was aged. It was it was bottled right after the Kansas City Super Bowl game. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, no, but 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 no, see, it's just no like I will get myself another bottle of Eagles Tears once they get knocked out, and also when we win the NFC East. So <laughs> we still got work to do. We still got to win this game against Washington. So yeah. it's not a full on celebration, but last night them trash talking about us losing to Arizona and for them to laugh all the way. I'm sorry, but our team's not one in four in the past five games. Who's false mm-hmm. that? Not us, as you guys. So yeah. they deserve all the criticism, whatever. As of right now, they deserve it because as of right now, like they have no argument against us anymore because they've lost to pretty much the exact same teams as us yep. right now. Mm-hmm. They um the they got given the Cowboys got given a gift. They got given two gifts. Yeah, Bills game that weekend. Should have lost to Kansas City, and they should have lost to the Bills. Yeah, but they but lost against I, Arizona. They can't afford to squander that. 
no. they cannot afford to squander that. They yeah. have to go to Washington. If they go into Washington and take care of business, people are still trying to say, oh, it's Washington. They've got a terrible record. Don't care. It's a divisional opponent. You've gone on the road. Exactly, Rich. In the cold, exactly. outside, against a divisional opponent, and you've won. And arguably one of the worst stadiums in the NFL. Sorry, Washington fans, but it's true. Your stadium is falling apart. It's It's terrible. Yeah. But hey, hey, Um, maybe maybe they'll have cold water and not just ice for the showers. Maybe they've actually fixed their pipes in their drainage system. Mm. (laughs) Maybe the stadium's still standing. Who knows? We'll we'll not hold our breath on that, but yeah. but the one the one thing I do want to say, uh, kind of on Saturday night, like we were interacting with the guys from the UK Lions and Roar of the Lions UK, and I mean the banter back and forth with those guys is what yeah. this UK organization yeah. is all about. You know, we we break fun, we chatted back and forth, really good time for them. They're really good guys, and you know, Rich, as you kind of said yesterday. There was one organization in the UK who was very, very quiet. Oh, I, I've yet to hear anything. Yeah. From anyone. See or hear anything from anyone to do with the Philadelphia Eagles, be that in the UK or the US, apart yeah. from the head coach. Oh, well, we, we may still sit some people anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Philadelphia chickens. <laughs> not eagles, chickens. If you sick people yeah. now, chickens. <laughs> so, uh, Lebar- look, Lebarski, you are speaking for all, I can say it for all three of us, you're definitely saying what we're thinking, and I'm sure everyone oh, yeah. else in Cowboys Nation is saying this. We've Look, we've all lost unlosable games before to a rival. We've got to take care of business and not squander this opportunity. Absolutely 100% what we're all thinking. Um. Joe was suggesting, you know, with the Eagles changing coordinators all the time, maybe they should hire Kellen Moore. Um, oh, I can't imagine. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth is saying Magic Johnson will make some changes to that Washington stadium. I'd say, I'd say they might not stay there very much longer. And Joe is is, is commenting and he says he, see, he can see the piano in the background. Can I sing? Can you sing us Cry Eagles Cry? There is only one singer in this trio. Rich Jones, take it away. I'm not. I'm not. No. <laughs> I was going to say, you can play the piano, but you, you, you can't. I, w- I will say, Joe, if you were to give Jamie a couple of pints of beer, he would de- he'll, he'll be singing it all the way up down Yorkshire right now. Poor Sing. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll say sing. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's the kindest word I know. Yeah. Um, but as always, look, gents, we, we do like to give our special teams guys a bit of love. And I'm going to give them a bit of a kick in the bum this week. They were caught out again on a fourth down and gave up 31 yards. Um, Jalen Mabin, Reeves Mabin, converted to... I think was, uh, a linebacker as well. A linebacker, yeah. It's the second time they've been caught this season. It's, it's something very, they really It was very well season. schemed. It, it was. was. That's fair, Rich. It was very well schemed. In their defence. Yeah. The thing I'm yeah, getting it, about the most with, with everything that went on, and with special teams especially, is that we didn't get to see what I've been wanting to see all season, which is the Cowboys come out 
in a, a, pretty much exactly that situation. Teams just scored to go and win the game. You got not much left on the clock. All you need to do is go get 10, 15 yards, put the ball on the ground and let him kick it. And he wins it from a ridiculous yardage like only he can do. And the rest of the yeah. league will just go, well, what's the effing point? Because we can put him in that position and they can still go and win it because the guy can kick it 70 yards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking about our kicker, by the way, he's actually one game away from having the perfect season in yeah. field goals. Mm-hmm. One game. Yeah. If he, even yeah. if he hit one field goal in Washington and that's it, He's he's had a he's he's not it's not I don't think that's been done since like the eight like the nineties or something like that I believe I don't think it's ever I'd, been done. I'd rather him not kick a field goal this game just just to be safe to be well if that's the case if that's the case yeah. then Rich I don't think that would actually really fully count then if that's the case but yeah. in saying that in saying that no. We have we've had normally sixteen games a season. Now it's seventeen, so you could still yeah. technically say that. But in terms of how the NFL works, I think he needs to have one field goal in every game to kind of solidify that. And if right. Brandon Aubrey does that, man, I am ordering my Brandon Aubrey jersey this off season. Mm-hmm. Fair one. But do, do, do you want to know what the funny thing is? And I only heard this on the commentary on Saturday night. Brandon Aubrey, because he played in the USFL, does not qualify oh, yeah. as a rookie. Doesn't qualify as a rookie. Yeah. That's that is crazy. ridiculous. That's I, don't, crazy. I don't get that. Oh, also, very quick before we go, can we yeah. talk about the re- the absolute retardation that is fumbling, fumbling the ball at the end zone? How does that make sense? How is that handing over possession, but a quarterback can throw the ball out the side of the end zone and it's perfectly fine. Make it make sense. <laughs> yeah. Football, wretch, football. It's not supposed to make like, sense. They, they, they discussed this at length on Good Morning Football yesterday morning um, and it was either Peter Schrager or Kyle Brandt was saying, why is this allowed? You know, if a guy fumbles it over the sideline, it's given back to the team. If it's fumbled through the end zone, it's the team is penalised. You know, and it's ridiculous. I, it's absolutely I, ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. But like I said, you I can mean, throw the ball out, and it's an incomplete pass. You can say, "Well, the ball's still in play." So it is right. There's been times the ball's hit the ground and then mm. gone out, and it's not been a freaking touchback. Get out of here. Yeah, but to be fair, absolutely to be fair, Graham is looking out for me tonight with this comment. On the other side, Jeff Heath won us the game against the Raiders that way. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So shout out to Graham for 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 that one. Um, or, but as or, Joe says, or look, as Joe says, look, they need to change that rule. Just give them the ball at one at least, you know. And I mean, like, I think Rich, I think you you and I would both agree with this in rugby union. If a team is now attacking and goes over the try line and it's held up, it you know possession is turned over. Make that rule make sense to me, you know. And it's the, it's the same thing with this touchback rule. You're penalising a team who's who's on offense and trying to score. It's yeah. I I I don't know what to say. I I yeah. can't make it. It just doesn't feel right. Yeah, 
And if it doesn't feel right, maybe it shouldn't be. Yeah, for sure. But look, gentlemen, we're over an hour and 30 minutes, so it's about time we got out of here. We'll do the usual thing of wrapping up the show. Um, Paul, do you want to give a shout-out to the guys over at Cowboys Experience? Absolutely. So, guys, if you're planning to go into a Dallas Cowboys game for the playoffs or next year, be sure to contact CowboysExperience.com for game tickets, stadium tours, meet and greets, and much, much more. For more information, be sure to go to www.cowboysexperience.com and be sure to use our promo code UKCowboys because you guys will get free stuff. And what else will you get, Rich? Cry eagles, cry jizzy. No. <laughs> you get chocolate pudding. What? No. Jizzy, no. Please. T-shirt? <laughs> I'll settle for a T-shirt. Well, uh, you will, we, we'll have a word with Barry and see if we can get a Cry Eagles Cry t shirt. Oh, Barry, Cow- uh, our good friends at Cowboys Can Fan have that t shirt available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and uh, as far as I'm aware, uh, th- th- there's not a big import charge for that as well, so you can mm-hmm. get them ordered on the cheap. Wait, so, wait, no, no, I mean, yeah, yeah, and I think, I think, I think it's time we got on to um. The freshly engaged Miss Kelsey Charles and our great hey! friend Nick and remind them to uh, get 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 a fresh print run of the um, of their t shirts out for the playoffs. Yeah, the Dallas forever, Philly for never. Yeah, for sure. But look before before we get out of here, Joe. Just saying, great show, guys. Appreciate everything you do. Uh, Elizabeth is saying good night, and Labarski uh, is saying it's a great show, fellas. Happy New Year! Happy guys, New Year, I think, everyone. I think, on behalf of all of us, I think, look, folks, without you interacting with us, this show is nothing, it's just three guys having a conversation. So, as Mike would say, you guys are the MVPs of this show, yeah, you are absolutely. what makes this show. So, we appreciate every interaction you have with us, That's and we appreciate. <laughs> we appreciate that you actually interact with each other in the comments on Facebook through YouTube and that's great to see and keep that up but look Mike and the team will be back on Friday night at 9pm I'll pass it over to the gentleman to say goodnight and we're not doing it on Thursday no on, yeah no you'll be doing the pre-game show on Thursday night you said Friday, you said Friday though sorry apologies slip of the tongue Say Brian <laughs> Perfect, all night, then you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens when you fumble the ball out of the end zone. That's, oh, that's the equivalent yeah. of that. That's you, Brian. Well done. Absolutely, it is. It is. But look, as I say, it's a good night for me. Good night for me. And it's a good night from them. <laughs> <laughs>